0: We join Tommy and Jimmy as they make their way through the crowd to their seats at the Nets and Mets game. Hey, Tommy, I'm, I, I'm glad your Uncle Sandy was able to get us tickets to this Mets and Nets game. The Mets are kind of suffering out there, though, aren't they? Yeah. Ooh. The fans don't seem to like that. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What's going on down there? Yeah. I I guess you could say that Harvey's giving them the finger. (laughs) Two thumbs down fingers, that is. Yeah, that's some way to celebrate, ain't it? Hey, dude, what do you think about that?
1: This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man.
0: What a predicament. I wonder what Uncle Sandy will have to say. Welcome to Baseball Biz, I'm Mark Herbert, your host, and this week, one of the things we'll take a look at is Javi Baez, the Mets fans, and Sandy Alderson. And what does this great drama and soap opera have to do with baseball? We'll also take a good look at the Yankees, the Astros, and winning streaks. What are those, and who's been breaking them? Thumbs down, Mets fans. Hey, guess what? If you give it, you should be able to take it. I'm talking about the Mets fans who've been booing with uh, with their team because the team's been suffering lately. You know, you know they they brought in Javi, Javi Baez this year, and uh, what I guess Lynn Dord expected some great things. And when the team was suffering, it was not unusual for the t- fans to speak out with a lot of boos. That that takes a toll, though, on the team. I Players and fans both, I think, have to have a little bit of a thick skin. But at some point, you got you got to send the message back to them. And that's what Javi Baez did the other day when he gave two thumbs-downs to the fans. And I guess the pain of that, you know, is only imagined. I mean, this isn't like a Roman emperor giving a thumbs-down for an execution there in the Coliseum. But it is a way of speaking back to those fans. And Baez continued with that. At the press conference after the game, here's what he had to say, in part:
1: "This is the booze that we get, you know. We like, we're not we're not machines. We're gonna struggle, you know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna struggle seven times out of out of ten. And and you know, it just it just feels bad when 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 we strike when I strike out and I get boo, you know. It doesn't really get to me, but like I want I want to let them know that." When we success, we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how how it feels, you know? Because if we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know, and and the fans are really big part of it. So um, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know, if if they're gonna do that, they just put more pressures on the team. And and that's not that's not what we want.
0: You know, to me that doesn't seem unreasonable. I mean, think about it. If you fail seven times out of 10, you still are batting three hundred. That's pretty daggone good. Uh, the problem is that hasn't really shown up in the record for the Mets. And expectations for the Mets this year are high. I mean, they've got a new owner who's thrown in a lot of money trying to get big-name players like Lindor. I mean, that was a big wallet purchase. But what's happened with the Mets recently? Currently, they're third in the NL East. There are seven and a half games behind the Braves and above them is the Phillies who are four and a half games behind the Braves. The last 10 games, the Mets have only won three of the last 10 games with seven losses, obviously. So you can kind of get an idea of what would precipitate some of those boos. But yeah, it stings to hear those when you're a player. And I think Baez is just being up and front and personal about this. And I think the Mets organization needs to realize that the fans out there probably got a pretty thick skin too. I mean, this is New York, right? Not California. Here's a little bit more about what Javi Baez had to say.
1: It's just how I feel, you know, like like I say, I I love the fans and I I like I, I like playing for the fans, but we can't have our fans against us. Like I said, the boost doesn't bother me. It, it kind of makes me compare, compete more. I mean, I go out there pitch by pitch and compete. Doesn't Like, I have a plan, but, you know, the other team have a plan too. we got to play against that. And, you know, we'll see. I, 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 like I said, I, love, I would love to play with, with, with Francisco, you know, together. But, you know, we'll see what happens in the offseason um, when that when that gets there. But, like, right now we, we, I'm trying to focus on, on having a, a, a good end of the year and, and, and stay healthy.
0: You know, there's a couple things I could take away from that. I mean, one, it makes it pretty clear that Javi Baez, he wants to be there. He's he's enjoying a good time with, with the fans, even if things aren't great. He enjoys playing there with Lindor. But uh, it seems like the door may be open at the end of this year. I mean, who may be still there? Who may be leaving, traded, going elsewhere? I don't know. Free agents may not be real happy to come into the Mets either. Would, would they sign thinking about some of the things that the Mets have had to say? And speci- specifically, I'm talking about what Sandy Alderson had to say about Javi Baez post Baez's thumbs down gesture. Now, before I say any more about Sandy Alderson, you have to remember the climate that anybody is in right now. And if something is said that could be offensive, it seems like we need to respond quickly. I don't think a thumbs-down gesture to the fans kind of hits that criteria. But I'd have to say the Mets, in a, what, a step of caution, went ahead and released a statement that same day after the game. Here's what Sandy Alderson said in his message to the media. I'll read it to you now. Quote, in a post-game press conference today, Javi Bias stated that his thumbs down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for poor performance. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players in the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at Citi Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities." Some would say this is the equivalent of, you know, hanging out your dirty laundry for all the neighbors to see. But in truth, Uh, maybe maybe he did need to say something to strengthen the fans out there with a little thinner skin and make them know we're going to take measures. And we're going to take measures with three new players this year. Who is it we got? Again, Lindor, VR, uh, and, of course, Mr. Javi Baez. I don't know, man. I I don't know if they really need to say this, because maybe they should have just had a meeting with the players today and then come out with a briefer statement that they communicated with their players the importance of supporting the fans, even in their dark moments. It's difficult for baseball organizations to figure out how to navigate their way around the do's and don'ts of social media and talking with the fans. So I'm not giving them a big fat F, but I did find it a bit ironic that there was a tweet from, uh, let's see, oh yeah, Steve Cohen, the boss, if you will, And what he had to say was, late last night he posted, I miss the days when the biggest controversy was the black jerseys. Steve, I bet you do. Well, let's put a cap on this as far as what's happening with the Mets. I'm sure their fans are a lot more concerned about the win-loss record than they are with a few thumbs down. Hang in there, Mets fans. More to come. Now let's talk about those, about the record-breaking year of 2021. Who's breaking the records and what do they mean? We can start off with the Yankees. The Yankees have been flushed with a series of wins the last couple of weeks. And kind of give you a historical perspective on the winning streak of the past, let's see, they had a winning streak of 19 games back on, uh, oh, 1947, 18 games in 53, 16 games in 26, and then another 15-game streak in 1960. But the most recent record just occurred this past week, and the only way you achieve these records is there is a stop. (laughs) The, The Yankees have won 10 games in a row, and then 11, and then 12, and then, yes, 13 games. And I think the last time that had happened was like back in 61. So that was pretty outstanding. Congratulations, Yankees. That's hard to say. (laughs) But it is interesting to see, uh, you know, that the 13 wins, that was a good record since 1961. But there was another team earlier this year that had won uh, 13 games in a winning streak. Who was that? Who was it? Oh, yeah, the Oakland A's. The team that actually delivered that loss to the Yankees the other day to end that 13 winning streak. So that's kind of interesting. In regards to record breaking, a name you need to be watching how far in the future is Gavin Weir. Eh, It might be a couple of years yet because Gavin, I think, is only 12 years old. Let's see. Gavin, I believe, uh, hmm. He he threw his uh, fourth no-hitter in the Little League World Series this past week. Amazing. It's kind of funny talking about a 12-year-old and how we might see him in the MLB. Because the next person I'm going to talk about, Mr. Wander Franco, who's only 20 years old. And he's a rookie with the Tampa Bay Rays. They may have signed him as early as when he was 16 years of age. This man is amazing. And he continues to bring value to the Rays week after week after week. Yeah, in regards to streaks, Wander has had the longest on-base streak with, let's see, how many games? 29 consecutive games, and that's by a player uh, age 20 or younger. Now, let's see who else is up on that list. Yeah, his next step up is trying to get all the way up to 36 games with consecutively on base because that particular record was held back in 1951 by Mr. Mickey Mantle. So keep up the good work. While we are talking about breaking records, it's worth looking at what's happening right now across all of MLB. If we look at batting averages right now, it looks like uh, Trey Turner, who used to be with the Nationals, now with the Dodgers, his average is 323. Beneath him is Nick Castellanos, 318, and uh, Michael Brantley of Houston with 317. And then on home runs, (laughs) everybody loves this one. Shohei Otani of the Angels with 41 home runs. Beneath them, Kansas City is proud. They've got Salvador Perez there with 38 home runs for the season. Beneath them is Vlad Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., and Marcus Simeon. In the RBI category, Jose Abreu leads with Chicago White Sox. With one hundred and one RBIs, the next beneath him is Rafael Devers. No big surprise there, from Boston with ninety six, and Salvador Perez with ninety four. And I'll have to mention, of course, my own Mister Austin Meadows here from Tampa Bay with ninety one. Let's see, if we take a look at stolen bases, one of my favorites. And Starling Marte, you know, he's with Oakland these days. He's got 42 still in bases for the year. Whit Merrifield with the Kansas City. Let's see, he's got 38. And beneath him is Trey Turner, Cedric Mullins, and Tatis Jr. So that gives you kind of an idea of what some of the numbers are in the personal achievements in MLB year to date. Let's go on to a rundown of what's happening across all MLB from this past weekend. Let's begin with the American League. And if we take a look at the AL East, the Rays are still leading with uh, 82 wins and 48 losses, giving them a, what, a 631 winning percentage. Their last 10 games, they were 9-1. and one. The Yankees, they took a little bit of a hit. We mentioned earlier they had, had a winning streak of 13 games. But a couple of losses against the Oakland A's take their last ten to eight and two. They are six games back behind the Rays. Red Sox are eight games back with a five fifty uh, see five five sixty eight. Blue Jays are thirteen and a half games back at five twenty seven winning average, and Orioles bringing up the rear with a winning average percentage of three hundred ten with 3-10, and they're 41.5 games back. AL Central, White Sox, still maintaining, but they've been kind of struggling a little bit lately. There are 5-5 five and five of the last 10 games, and they're still holding a healthy lead because second in AL Central is the Indians, and they're 10 games back. Beneath them are the Tigers, 13.5, Royals at 16, Twins at 18, out. Uh, go to the AL East. Astros are still leading. They kind of took it on the chin the other day with the Rangers, which was interesting. But they're at, what is it, 592 winning percentage. So it's pretty daggone good. Their last 10, they're 7-3. Athletics, five and a half games behind them. And they're at 4-6 the last 10. Mariners, seven and a half games back. Uh, Angels, thirteen And... Rangers thirty-two games back, and I gotta tell you, the Rangers must have done quite a number the other day on the Astros to have a uh, thirteen-to-two win. So that was kind of impressive, and that pretty well covers everything with the American League. Let's see how the Rangers are going with the National League. Brandon does a much better job of this, by the way, <laughs> and we'll have him back on the next episode. Uh, let's see, the NLE East uh, Braves, they're leading the pack there. And they've got a four-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies. Mets are seven-and-a-half games back. Nationals 15 back. And Marlins are 14 back. They get to NL Central. And that's going to continue to move along here. We're seeing uh, one of the highest winning percentages. That's Brewers with 603. And behind them are the Reds, eight-and-a-half games back. Cardinals 12 games back, Cubs 22 and a half, and the Pirates at 31 games back. National League West, the Giants, they're leading that healthily. They are at a 646 winning percentage, but guess what? The Dodgers aren't that far behind. They're two and a half games back, and they have a 626 winning percentage. Padres after that have fallen quite a bit lately. They're down to 15 and a half games back behind the Giants. Rockies are 24 games back, and the Diamondbacks are 41 games back. I'll let you do the math for your own wild card, but it should be an interesting postseason. There's only a few weeks left of the regular season, so enjoy every bit of it and then cheer your team on to either winning their division and or the wild card. Well, that's it pretty much uh, for this brief episode of Baseball Biz. Hope things are going well for your team. We want to thank you again for listening to us here at Baseball Biz. As always, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, oh, all of them out there. We're there anyway. uh, Also, you can reach me, Mark at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. You know, or go ahead and make sure you subscribe to us on whichever service that you're using. Like us, love us, leave a review. We're happy to have you here. And until our next episode. Just remember what Mets management would be saying to their players today.
1: This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man.
0: Special thanks to R U X for the music rocking forward. Also a special thank you to The Big Lebowski.